I, I love when like the last two weeks of the month rolls around when they've, you know, wasted all their fucking EBT on trash food and like blown it all on lottery tickets trying to make a billion dollars so they can buy even more meth and overdose in a week. You know, like I love it when it gets to the end of the month and none of that money is there because then they don't show up anymore. Just magically, they're not around. Isn't that weird? They're not around to fucking waste my time with their crackhead bullshit and their fucking stupid like handfuls of change and then being like I want I want if they want I want to put 582 on this card and then you know and then I want to do the rest in cash but you know then the card declines four times and they have to run outside and fucking you know get on cash app so they can fucking transfer money from the account that they had to fucking like put their drug money in. like it's just, it's just so goddamn obnoxious like it's always the same shit. If they got you can 500 spot million them from a mile away, the absence change. Show me every beautiful day. You no, have I don't. No, even dumb people like, say smart do things. Do it. I can't now the fine objective. Get the fuck out of my face. I'm too stupid. I give you logical, religion has non-religious answer. I'm a Mennonite. Dissertation of chalk talk. Play devil's advocate. <laughs> Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate podcast. We're glad you're here. And we are going to start by me getting extremely mad, which y'all have never seen before. Oh, good, because I would love to get mad today. Let's get mad. So first of all, we talked about this before the podcast. You brought up the Lucifer effect because we were talking about people being great and evil. And you brought up one of the rules in the book or one of the ways to stay out of being, what would you say, oppressed? Uh, one of the ways to resist social influence from unjust or corrupt authorities, basically. So how to stay true to yourself and not become evil. Yes. Kind of, in a very layman term. So I would like you to read that rule real quick. And that rule is number nine of ten. It is, I will not sacrifice personal or civic freedoms for the illusion of security. Okay. So... When you told me that, in my head, I said, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just be nice to be nice be, so it makes everyone feel better, which is a harsh statement at first, but I want, but there's a lot of arbitrary rules when it comes to being mean. Anyone can call you mean for any reason. People think honesty is mean a lot of times. Yeah. That's why the whole objectivist nihilist perspective is like semi unfavorable to people who aren't willing to process that thought a lot of honesty and also a lot of things can be taken as mean if you just take it out of context oh yeah which is what happened to me at work and something happened where i had to think about hours and hours and i figured i'm right so you know me ben can i say your name i've said your name before cool you know me I call everyone bitch, and it's not in a mean tone. Like, I'm like, hey, what's up, bitch? How you doing? Everyone. I said it to this one lady at work who I know somewhat well. She's heard me call everyone bitch. I call the 60-year-old Catholic woman next to me bitch. She's never had a problem. And she goes off on me. How dare you call me a bitch? How dare you call anyone a bitch? That's such a rude term. That's so mean. That's evil. You can't say that. It makes me mad. Fuck you. And she goes in this long rant. And I, I was like, wait, whoa, no. I called, like, I came up and I'm like, hey, how you doing, bitch? 
And it wasn't like a mean thing. It was just like a what's up because that's what I call people. It's the exact same as me going like, hey, what's up, bro? For me, at least. She gets really mad. And it got me thinking because I kept thinking about this while arguing with her. The arbitrary rules that are behind words. The arbitrary rules that we've implanted. That they're so dumb. Like, you can't... There is a context to things. Now, if I come at you and I'm like, hey, you're a little fucking bitch. You have a right to get really mad at it and fucking fight me. I don't give a shit. You don't really have a right to fight me. That's not in the law. But you know what I mean. Like, you have a right to get mad. But if I come up and you know that I'm not being mean and it's just because of this one word where I said bitch and now you're fucking flaming angry, it's like now we're going under this arbitrary, arbitrary rule where someone was like, hey, this is a word and this is now a bad word. There's a bad word now. And if you say this bad, evil word, oh no, you have to get mad because it's a bad word. So I get in this hour long argument with her where I'm like, okay, you don't like the word. Fine. Fair. But you can't tell me not to say that word unless you can give me a reason as to why I shouldn't. And she got in a very circular definition, which we've talked about before, Mm. where she's like, because it's disrespectful. And I said, what about the word bitch is disrespectful? And she said, well, it's just disrespectful. You can't call people that. And I said, why? She said, because you can't. Because you just can't. And that's not good enough for me. Me either. Absolutely not. Never has been. Yeah, it's not a reason. No. And she kept going and she was like, well, you you just can't. And I went into this story, which I actually really respect my parents about. I was made to go to church every Sunday back when I was a kid. And I wore, I liked to wear hats back then. It was a stupid fucking hat. Same. You can't wear hats in church. That's a dumb fucking rule, by the way. Because I don't think anywhere in the Bible it says you can't wear a hat. So I go into church with a hat. And afterwards, my parents looked at me and they said, hey, you can't wear a hat in church. And I was in seventh grade and I looked at them and I said, why? And my mom just looked at me and she thought about it for a minute. She said, okay, I don't know. Like, I don't know why you can't wear a hat in church. You know, you're coming to church. Cool. You want to wear what you want to wear. So this is the thing. You can wear a hat whenever whenever you please in church, which I did. I kept wearing a hat for like two years after that. She said, but you have to be okay with people getting mad. And I said, why? She's like, because they're just going to get mad. And you can't get mad at that because if they have this precondition, then they're going to get mad. And I accept that too. So now I'm groping the person at work with these people where it's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and you're going to get mad about it. And I can't necessarily get mad at you for doing that. But you can't come up to me if I'm talking to other people and say that I can't do that. Because now you're infringing upon my rights just as much as I'm infringing upon yours. I'm not making you listen to me. I'm not making you be near me. I'm with my friends and I call them a bitch. And it could be in a humorous way. It could be in a friendly way. And that's it. And the idea that like she couldn't, she just kept getting angrier, which is what I found anytime you have any kind of conversation where someone can't really back up something without just saying, well, that's just how it is. They just start getting angrier. And it drives me so insane because how are you going to have this? How, how, why? 
that's what I kept saying. I kept looking at her and I said, I understand that you find it disrespectful, but I came over here and in the context of this, I call everyone bitch. And you've heard me say bitch 7 million times. I come up to you. You've never told me not to call you a bitch. I didn't even call her a bitch. I called the person sitting next to her a bitch because that's like one of my best friends at work. I came up. I said, hey, what's up, bitch? And she got so mad and she just couldn't explain it. And I, in my head, I had to go through this thing where it's like, do I just be nice and now not say what I want to say? And now I have to watch the words that I speak 24 seven when I, when I know they're around so I don't make them upset. No, you can't do that. Cause I feel like that's, you know, the context they know the context and they're still getting mad. There, I feel like there's two courses of action. If you like the person enough, you stop doing it. You go, okay, I respect you as a human being. I would like to continue having conversation because the rest of the conversation is great. So I, because I respect you enough, I won't say it. Or you just stop talking to them. And that's what I'm doing with her because I don't really have great conversations with her. I barely talk to her. That's but, the right course of action. Yeah, because it is absurd. It's absurd to be like, I told her this. I said, you getting mad at the word bitch is equally in terms like, I understand that you, like when you were raised, it was a bad word and you never questioned it once in your life. And that kind of upsets me because I question everything. But I'm like, fine. You don't get mad at that word. But what if I got mad at the word falafel? Does that mean you can't fucking go around saying that you'd like to eat falafels? Of course not. That means I need to fucking suck it up, leave, get out of the vicinity of you saying falafel, and we just don't talk. And she couldn't wrap her head. She was like, no, but bitch is a bad word. And I was like, but there are, there's not a bad word. A bad word isn't a thing. A bad word is just a normal word that now people are scared of because someone fucking told you to be scared of it. It drove me insane. Oh, I, I fully understand that. For hours. And yeah. I was like sitting at home and I really tried <laughs> thinking because I don't like being wrong and I don't want to be mean. I really don't like being mean. But I was at home and I, I thought about it for a long time. I took a nap in the middle of this thing and woke up and I was like, no, I'm still right. Because it's such an arbitrary thing. It's such a, it's such a simple-minded thing yeah. to be like, oh... I've never liked the word because that's the word that I don't like. So now you can't say that anywhere in the vicinity of me. Like, I find that ridiculous. Do you not find that ridiculous? Oh, yeah. And you know people like that, right? You've met probably hundreds of people like that. Oh, yeah. No, I have my own uh, info to add on this at the end here. Go ahead. Okay. First, I want to just heh, put a pin in something and then, you know, instantly pull it back out or whatever. You know, you don't even have to comment on it. I just want to say it there real quick. I feel like I know what it's <clears> going to be. but And I'll, I'll say this before I get to my main point here. The first being, you said you question everything. So... I do. You know, you don't have to say anything. You just remember that. You, okay. don't, even you don't even have to push back. I'm, I'm still going to respond. I'll push back here. You, uh, you don't question the existence of God, it seems. But I have anyway. questioned it. No, I know. I know. Anyway, I'm just leaving it right there. Okay. You know. Because you're a Levian Satanist. I know you don't actually believe in God. Anyway. I'm a Christian <laughs> nationalist. The highest here in our Patreon, by the way. Please go join. Yep. Subscribe. So at one point, my my parents 
discovered me, like swearing. And, you know, they cried. They cried? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, yeah, I know. They fucking cried for one. Which is on par with what that chick did. I mean, she didn't cry, but she got mad enough. She looked yeah. like she she said she was going to get her brother to come down and beat the shit out of me because I said bitch. Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, not my dad, just my mom. She cried. And I tried to explain also that they are just sounds yeah. that have been created and that words also change meaning over time, that things that weren't even originally swear words became them at a later point. And it's just like, why give these this fearful power over you when they can be so much better used as extra potent modifier words? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was the original intent of yeah. a curse word. It's just, it's to really stand out. But like, who dictates it? Who sits there and goes, this is the one? Now, of course, bitch <laughs> does mean female dog. Yeah. So I could see someone back in the day calling a woman a bitch, referring to female dog. And you can get mad at that because someone is calling you a fucking female, you know, ground creature that munches on dry food at home. And you can get mad at that. But when you're using these words and you're using it in a context that's not in a harmful way, like she couldn't wrap her head yeah. around that. Yeah. I w the context of the situation was in no way disrespectful, very playful. I always joke at work 24-7. And it's like sh she couldn't accept that. And I'm yeah. not mad at her, but I can't talk to her anymore. No. Because I, I just don't respect that. Because it, it's such it's such like a, a elementary school, you can't say that because it's bad. And it drives me insane. Anyways. Well, for one, I just don't like being told what I can and can't say. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, we're grown adults. Yeah. At any point, I've always felt like I could say whatever the fuck I want. Which you should be able to do. Yeah, I mean... That's of... only like our First Amendment, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't have recourse from your action. No, definitely it, not. Yeah. It should be on par. But I can say whatever the fuck I want to. Now, as mad as this did make me, I have... Like I said, I thought about it a long time. Do I think it, I had a right to get upset? Yes. Because it's... She is older than me. We have the same job, though. We have the exact same job. She works in a slightly different place. We probably make about the same an hour. So I consider her my peer. Like, unless you can... You can get mad yourself, and you can tell me to fuck off. That's fine. If I try to engage in an argument about it, and you don't have an argument, you could just say, hey, man, I don't fucking like it. Cool. Don't try... She tried to argue it. She lost. But I shouldn't have gotten as mad as I did. And I think that's what this is about. Like I said earlier, you should have two recourses of action in something like this. If someone tries to tell some, you to do something and you find it completely arbitrary, you either respect them enough to take their stupid rules or you just don't talk to them because it's not worth it. And I don't find it much worth it to talk to her, so I don't. Um, but... I don't, it just, I've tried to let it go as much as I can. It still really irks me. That's why you, yeah. 
you establish a precedent of never accepting or tolerating stupid rules. Yeah. And that's and I wasn't going to do it in the name of being nice because I wasn't being mean. And if I stop doing it in the name of being nice, creating this sense of security as um the uh, the Lucifer effect says, instead of creating this sense of security, I I'm going to stand my ground and even if it's something stupid like this, it could be something stupid like this, but if you're not going to stand up for the stupid things, you're not going to stand up for the big things either. So you need to stand up to be like, hey, we have a different opinion and that's okay, but I don't need to talk to you anymore because there is no, I don't find you worthy of conversation uh, at this point. Uh, what is happening? What, am I becoming you? Are you, are, are, yeah, I'm like, are you evolving to the next stage here? It this is a good upset. sign. This is a very um, good sign. I wish Cut you- worthless cunts. Yeah. If again, unless there is something about them that you respect that you really do think could benefit both of you in the long run, then stop. There's no reason. This is what I've been saying for so fucking long. Okay. First, some points here. Something I came up with this week. When generating your like when you're collecting your circle of people, careful cultivation is key. So it shouldn't just be a group of fucking cunts that aren't capable of getting their shit done, that aren't capable of analyzing both themselves and the world around them and achieving the goals that they set out for themselves, and that aren't capable of bettering both their own lives and yours simultaneously. Because it should be like a reciprocal thing. Yeah. That's your circle. Now, if they don't hit those criteria then they're probably not worth being in your circle in the first place. Like, your circle needs to be, like, like treated like fucking gods. Like, that's literally how they need to be treated, honestly. Yeah, and I will say, I wasn't trying to get her in my circle. I, I do, this is where we're going to disagree. I will be friends, well, acquaintances with anyone. I will. As long as you aren't infringing on my speech and i i'm not infringing on anything that you care enough about that you'll cut me out i will talk to you because i think even dumb people say smart shit once in a while so i'll I talk to frequency anyone frequency is important and remember when we talked about the the three rules to successful like really music but it could branch out to entrepreneurialism or friendships even consistency frequency and value the output of the people that you're surrounding yourself with, meaning, you know, in this case, the smart shit that they say, if only, remember, you need to be hitting all three, really, but two out of three is key. So you need to be consistently saying valuable shit. So if you're only infrequently saying valuable shit, that's fine. If you're only... If you're saying valuable shit all the time, even better. But if you're saying dumb shit a lot of the time or all of the time, then you're not really contributing anything of value. You could even, you could do Pareto principle on it. Is the 80% of dumb things that they say to you worth the 20 or 10% of smart things that they might say to you? Versus the comparison of you could spend your time 
with someone more intelligent after you realize that they're dumb and not worth spending time with. You could spend your time with someone more intelligent who's going to give you the opposite ratio. 80% of the things they say are smart and make you want to do better things with yourself versus 80% of the things they say being dumb as fuck and you're waiting for a smart drop. Well, okay, but here's what I'd say. I'd say if the 20% of the smart shit they say is worth it, then I'll put up with the 80% of I cannot shit. believe you're pushing back on this. Wait, no. Wait, no, listen, listen. But we also have very different values. And I think this is this might actually be it. What do I value more than anything in the entire world? Do you Pussy. Know? What? I don't know. Comedy. Comedy. I am a... I'm not a fucking... I will do stand-up. But comedy is my number one thing. And if I can find funny shit in you, that is the value. And a lot of funny shit comes out of dumb shit. For example. I'm not disputing. A lot of funny shit comes out of dumb shit. So I talk to a lot of dumb people because they make me laugh. And that's the value I find in it. Because I don't yeah. I don't really care too much about learning shit from you. I yeah. want to laugh yeah. with you and at you sometimes. So I like to know dumb people. And I like to conversate with dumb people to find these dumb things that I can laugh at, at them. Imagine what you could come up with if you were with smart people. Smart people aren't nearly as funny or nuanced. Well, they're equally as nuanced, but they're not nearly as that funny. That doesn't mean you can't. They make sense. You, you just, no, because that, that's where my value lies. My value lies in dumb people. My value lies in the dumb things that happen in the world that I can make a joke about, which is somewhat true. you can true experience in, that from traveling with smart people. That's true. That is true. But the funny things I would have would probably come out of dumb people. And speaking Maybe, of dumb people... but then people, you're not associating with them at least. Well, I'll still be talking to them, which is equal what I do here. Yeah, that just reminds me. Now I realize, see, before we get into the main topic. The reason <laughs> I love crackheads? No, 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 no. I'm not your project. I'm one of your bits. Ah, you do make a great bit. I see it now. See, this is why. You are a narcissist sociopath too. <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, that's for sure because... I'm always willing to learn, but I definitely do think I'm right in a lot of things. I'm willing to learn, but you have to you have to give me a fucking reason. Just like we said with the bitch. Oh yeah. Like you were not able to and I am now using it in a harsh tone. Um you're not able to give me a reason to where I think okay, you're right and I am wrong in this scenario and even though there's context, it's still not okay to call anyone bitch. If she was able to argue that and really give a good point, I'd accept it. But yeah. she wasn't. She gave a circular definition. No, of course not. And she even brought someone else into the conversation. Oof. And they gave me the exact same thing. They said, oh, it's disrespectful. And when I asked why, they said, because it is. And you shouldn't call people that. And that's not a reason. So I'm not going to no, change my no. opinion about that. That's called arbitrary authority. And Satanists don't respect that. And the, the Lucifer effect specifically calls you out to not fucking be okay with it. And I'm not okay with it. Yeah, no. Nor should you be. And, you know, I just think it's funny, you know, you agree with every single one of those rules from the Lucifer effect, and the Lucifer effect just also happens to have a really weird correlation with Satanism. It's just, you know, un unknown why. Still a Christian nationalist. I still think I should take all your freedoms away and put my Ten Commandments in your church. Because you're a Levain. In your um, uh, courthouses. Did you say you're a Levain Satanist? Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Christian nationalist. You must be the on, highest tier. You must be on some drugs. <laughs> because you're definitely a Levain Satanist. And that is the segue. That's the segue. To our main topic. Drugs. We love drugs. We hate drugs. And we both had quite an experience with drugs. We definitely have both had 
a long, complex, and varied history with drugs. Yes. As I'm sure many people have. And I'd venture to a say a lot of my uh, my own circle has. I'd venture to say most people. I'd definitely venture to say most um, artistic, creative, entrepreneurs. Um, oh yeah, definitely in that field. For not sure. all of them, of course. No, but of course, certainly a not. good fucking chunk has because I I think the reason for that is I think it's weed. To be honest, I think it's weed and mushrooms for the main part. That cause that oh, where yeah. they're demonized to such an extent, yet they're such light drugs and there's so many facts that can be like, oh, it's not terrible. Yeah. And then you try it and then all of your things about drugs go down the drain because now yeah. you can't trust any of it. Yeah. And now and then you go a little too far. Yeah. Which I think we both did. Yeah. Well, I think the whole thing with drugs is it's very subjective, first of all, and it's all about how well you can moderate yourself because it's entirely based on self-control. Yes. Because some people can never be sober their entire lives and it works out just fine for them yeah. if, if they can control that. Other people cannot handle it at all and their life just spirals out of control. Yeah. So, and it can happen either way. Like, there's no, like, line delineating between those two outcomes. They, like, you can swing between the two. Like, there's, and that's why it comes down to self-control is it's keeping yourself all about in check. control Yeah. I mean, there was one guy my coworker was telling me about who smokes three cartons of cigarettes a week. Jesus Christ. That's over five packs per day. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it, like with, uh, I mean, I just want to make this point too. With weed especially, the whole stigma behind it and the whole reason it was ever illegal in the United States in the first place was because of racism. Yeah, it was, be didn't we, um, we said it was making Mexicans kill people? Yeah, well, yeah, they said it was making black people want to or like it was making black men want to have sex with white women and that it was causing or that mexicans were well, well i mean really they they mostly associated with weed with mexicans and then they they demonized black people with heroin that's why they started uh, calling it marijuana because it used to be called cannabis almost exclusively in the united states when it was legal yeah, yeah. and then they started calling it marijuana because they thought it sounded scarier and they yeah. started connecting it to mexicans and black people and said it made them more violent because i think there was like one case where someone killed someone while high yeah and that was in 1970 and that they they had like all kinds of ridiculous propaganda pages and like little like news clips and stuff like demonizing weed and it was literally because the person whose department was in charge of that stuff was about to be defunded and he needed a way to keep funding and so he came up with this whole fucking propaganda campaign to criminalize it and he used racism as the vehicle to get it done. And, and so that's where a lot of the stigma from like the older generation towards weed has come from anyway. And, you know, as we've discussed throughout these last uh, several episodes and some of the ones coming up next, the, the whole idea of that generation is not really to question anything. They don't really yeah. question things. They're not really known for being inquisitive about their environment. They just kind of hear things and accept them. They don't really look into things any further. So, Which I will say, because of that, I think is one of the major drivers to why the negative impacts of weed are, act, are very prevalent now is because no one questioned it and no one fought back that it was just evil, that people tried it and 
And then you get in the stoner community, which we'll talk about, where you are now accepted and now it's encouraged. And now you do it all of the time. And it's hard to see because there are very many actual negative impacts of using cannabis like frequently. Yes. That no one talks about because everyone just talks about, oh, my grandfather told me it was terrible and then I tried it and it's not terrible and it's not going to hurt me. Yeah. It's not going to kill me. And then yeah, they don't like, look at weed's that. Weed's not a drug. <laughs> oh, don't get me fucking started on the weed's not a drug shit. That makes me so yeah, heated. That's an idiot statement. So we're going to talk about everything we just previously mentioned, uh, but we're going to start it out here with our experiences, the goods and the bads, what we think the goods and the bads are of everything we talk about, how we've experienced them, and then we'll get into people we met. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to start with cannabis because that was my starter drug. Was that your starter drug? Mm, no, nicotine was. Fair enough. I, I never got into nicotine until recently. Um, but let's go cannabis first. We'll hit nicotine after that. I started smoking cannabis when I was 15. What about you? Probably around the same time. I'm not sure. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I first started smoking, I used the idea that um, to make me feel better about it, I guess. I use the idea a lot of kids drink and cannabis is much healthier than drinking, which is true Yeah. as far as all of the science. So it's definitely healthier. And I used that as a way to be like, this is definitely okay. Even though I did know that it stunts brain growth before I think you're 22, yeah. 24, depending on the person. Females younger because the brain develops faster. But... I'll go into my story real quick and then you'll you'll give yours and then we'll talk about goods and bads. So I started smoking when I was 15 and it was very light. I'd smoke, you know, twice a month and it was always with friends and it was always a great time. You didn't get hangovers. You didn't feel shitty afterwards. You got high. You came down. It was good. And then I started smoking a lot more frequently. I started smoking in the mornings before school and at night. So I went from like twice a month to twice a day. And I still, in my head, I'm like, well, it's, it's not killing me. It's not attacking my liver. It's not atta attacking any part of my body. The most that'll happen, I'll have some memory shit. And I was fine with that. So I got into smoking daily. And then it became very much a habit thing where it was centered around, this is how I have more, this is how I let go of anxiety. This is how I have fun. So now I'm self-medicating with it. And that lasted till I was about, um, a junior. So I started 15 around 16 and a half. My parents asked me if I did drugs and I said, yes, I smoke weed. And I stopped for about a year. And this is the tricky thing with weed. It's very, very easy to quit weed. If you need to, you have no withdrawals. The worst thing that happened to me is for like maybe two weeks, I found it very hard to sleep because I was also, I could not sleep in high school. So I would smoke and it would like, I wouldn't remember going to sleep. I would just wake up, which is a great benefit that I had from it. I was able to dictate exactly when I went to sleep and I would never feel bad in the morning. And True. then I stopped for about a year. I worked at a job and I had a very stressful night one day. Someone offered me some weed. I told my parents I'd never smoke in the house again, which I didn't. So I started smoking with my friends after work. And again, always had a good time. You never felt very intoxicated. You just more felt funny 
you felt more open to ideas. You could talk about anything. Uh, you could just have a good time with your friends. Yeah, definitely. And then it got to the point where uh, I was in a very bad relationship. Moved out of my house at 18. Not a great move. Moved out of my house. Was with her. Terrible relationship. Started smoking more. Things between us didn't work out. Started smoking more. So now I'm smoke. I went from twice a month, twice a day. Now I am smoking seven times a day, maybe. I mean, when I wake up, a couple hours after I'm awake, before I go to work, during work, after work. Uh, I mean, it, before I went to sleep, when I got home from work, and then before I went, to, like I was always smoking weed. I was always high. And I still didn't really see a problem with it because I was still functioning through life. I was still able to do the things I needed to do. I had a... I had probably a more fun time. And when you're young, fun is like the main, like that's your thing is you want to have a good time because you feel like that's the right way to live life yeah. is always having a good time, which is not the case, by the <laughs> way. Um, so I was doing that and that lasted up until about last year and it progressively got worse. Where not only was I smoking that much a day, but I was smoking way more in those times. So I was going through weed like a motherfucker. And you know this because you work yes. with me. I went from weed to wax. And I still smoked both. I always preferred weed. Um, but I was like I was taking dabs at work. I was I was smoking, you know, two, three blunts a day, four blunts a day, and then taking maybe 10 dabs. So it was pretty excessive. Um, and that lasted up until last year when it started giving me anxiety, which I'm actually pretty happy about because I don't think if it gave me anxiety, I'm not sure if I would have quit ever. Yeah, true. Um, so that's my experience with it, and I'll get in the goods and bads, but what's your experience with weed? I mean, <clears throat> mine is definitely kind of equally long and like varied there with it. For me, around the same time for as it was for you there, I was kind of peaking maybe on how much I was smoking. Although by that point, I had already stopped smoking actual weed. And I was either just smoking dabs out of a rig that you actually helped me put together. I did. Uh, I remember that. very a new, a new dab rig. Which, by the way, let's be honest, was way better. Yeah, it was. Infinitely. Um, and I do still love dabs. And I was either, I was either doing the dabs at home mm -hmm. and then dab carts, Delta 8 usually, after a certain point everywhere else and i would literally rip it like every 10 minutes yeah did you start off slow or you went in pretty hard with it i i definitely probably started off slow i'd probably make one card last uh, two weeks or something that's definitely not how it became yeah like it but delta eight wasn't as strong either really or as strong as dabs so there was that but i think i would make like i would go through a delta eight card a week probably at and least then, or two maybe i can't even remember and then years after when we first met, because that was that was the height of my consumption. And I'm I feel like that was also the height probably of your consumption as well. Like yeah. when I helped you make a dab rig. Yeah. How much were you going through then? Because you uh, went through dabs like crazy. Probably an eighth or something of dabs. A week. A week, yeah. And then a cart or two. Which is a we'll get, okay, we'll get into that. But so now you're going through a good amount of weed. And how did you feel? Did you feel it was normal? Did you feel you were being healthier than like an alcoholic? Did you feel like it wasn't something impeding on you? 
Now, uh, at that point, I felt like it was something that was increasing my focus. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it definitely was. But that was because I wanted it to be. Yeah. And then after a while, after I stopped working at Dice, I started smoking even more, actually, probably. At uh, Front City? At Front City? Yeah, yeah. And, And then I just got, like, caught in a cycle of smoking as much as possible to get through miserable shifts so that I could work to make money to buy more cards to smoke to get through the miserable shifts. Yeah. And then it was just that for like nine months or something. So it was, <clears throat> it started off good. It started off as a great thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and almost and a revelation. It definitely still has its benefits. Yeah. But it got to a point where I was like really incapable of functioning without it. Mm-hmm. And it was also just eating through my finances too. And you do get to a certain point. I know I did, and I'm pretty sure you did. You don't you don't feel it necessarily. Yeah. Like it's an odd thing where you've been high for so long that now once you smoke, you're not high. You just feel like that's a, your cup of coffee. Like now you're just ready for the day. Yeah. And you need to keep it up throughout the day so that you feel normal. You feel like you're your hormone balances and your brain chemistry is working right. Yeah. And that's when it kind of gets dangerous, which is where I want to get into the positive and negatives. Because one thing I really want to harp on is you and I are both very big proponents of legal cannabis. Cannabis has great benefits for lots of people, recreationally and medically. Yeah. Um, A great benefit is in a lot of people, it can really help cut your anxiety, which is a lot of why I used it was cutting social anxiety and I was able to connect with people better. Um, like I said, it helped me sleep. It helped me. I felt, like you said, more focused. There were a lot of good benefits going for it. And the biggest thing that we talked about earlier was I grew up, and I know you did too because you grew up stricter than I did, with that demonization of cannabis. Yeah. And now that you try it and it's this thing that actually helps you with some things, like you feel so lied to that you start to forget that it could be negatively impacting you. Yeah. If you abuse it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the, some of the good things that you experienced that I might have not mentioned? The same things or is there anything else? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, redu- reduction of stress, in- increase in appetite. Um, decrease in like joint pain and other body pains. Some people it makes their headaches go away. Other people it gives them headaches if they cough a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, increased focus makes food taste better. Makes yeah. music sound better. Those are big aspects for me. Living in the moment, I felt yeah. it really helped me live in the moment and sit down and be able to enjoy a song, enjoy yeah. a meal, enjoy a movie, enjoy company. So those are some of the great things, which really, because of the demonization of it, really clouded my judgment on the negative effects, uh, which I want to get into the actual negative effects, because no one fucking talks about it. And if they do, it's very briefly. So the the thing about weed is you get in this community, because once you start smoking weed, you almost hang out exclusively with other people that smoke weed. Because you have a very similar mindset. And anyone that demonizes weed, of course, you're not going to listen to because you know that's not what that is. Yeah. 
but it does get to a point where you do get dependent on it. And it's not a physical dependency. It's very mental. But some of the bad things is, number one, biggest and fucking foremost, money. That shit eats up your wallet. Yeah. I feel like you had a very similar experience. Like, it, Oh, yeah. Like you said, you were having an eighth a week, which, if I remember correct, was about a 120, 110. Probably, yeah. Something around that a week. For dabs, yeah. Yeah, and that's not including carts. That's just dabs. Yeah. A week, four times a month. I mean, you're talking five, five, six hundred dollars. It's a it is it's a lot of money. But besides the money, it gives you that dependency where you can't really function without it. And with any other drug that's looked upon as bad, but something about the community of weed, like it it's accepted. It's very much accepted. My friends always Everyone I was hanging out with was like, oh, it, I mean, as long as you're doing the things you need, you're good. Yeah. And so they're like, and it's not a good thing. Because if you need something to function, you're not living. You're living for that thing. Yeah. You're waiting for the next high. You need it. And once you need anything, I try to cut out everything a little bit. Like currently coffee, I try my best not to drink on the weekends. Nicotine, we'll get into nicotine, but I really do try to cut things out as much as I can. But weed was something that I didn't think I needed to because it was it was so hyped up by everyone. It was just like we've always talked. I mean, the pendulum just it yeah. went from so demonized to so accepted. Yeah, definitely. I was literally thinking about that too. Is that it is that pendulum that we always talk about. Is that it's demonized and then you overcorrect super hard. Yeah. And, and abuse it. <laughs> and because of people you're around, you're like, this is okay to do 24-7. Oh, yeah. And you're always doing it. Yeah, and I would smoke every 10 minutes throughout the entire day. Yeah. Like, just take a massive rip as long as I possibly could or take two or three and then hold it in as long as I possibly could so that I would cough as much as possible. And then 15 minutes later, I would take another one. And I would do that every single second of the day. Yeah, and, and once you ran out of weed... You started doing crackhead shit. You would start fucking scraping bowls. Yeah. I was at one point, I was cleaning my bongs and shit with ISO and then yeah. laying it out to dry so that I could smoke the resin that was That's left ridiculous. from it. I know it is. But you get to this point where it's like, you really do feel like you need it. Yeah. Not physically again, but like it's a meant like you, you don't think you can have a good day without it, which is a horrible mindset. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, be, you become angry without it. You become angry. You become resentful. You feel like today's just a shit day and you can't help it. Yeah. And now it's a drug that, although not physically addicted to, you're mentally hooked. Yeah. And it's okay. People are fine with it. And I think that's one of the biggest things about weed is you get into that where it's so okay that you don't mind being hooked on it and you don't even think you're hooked on it. You're like, yeah. I could stop whenever. But like, just like you, oh, yeah. for me, for there was two, three years, I wasn't sober once, ever. Yeah, me too. It, like even sleeping, like I would wake up a little high and then be sad that I was about to not be high and then smoke to get more high. Yeah. It becomes ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I fully know what you mean. What are some of the, the other negatives you can think about? Oh, um, I, I think making you more tired. Yeah, you have, you get tired. I wouldn't say 
you notice your tiredness a lot quicker. Um, you do get worn out pretty easy. Yeah. I think that's really it for me. I mean, other than just, you know, the financial problems and maybe lung capacity even, if you're really abusing it. I, f- I feel like... Can't be good to cough that much. It can't be good to cough that much. It can't be good to inha- be inhaling smoke yeah. so frequently and or vapes. Yeah. Um, because no, but I definitely, like, knew that I wanted to, like, stop for a long time, though. Same. And it... And it was just going back and forth before I actually, like... I actually had them some balls to do anything about it. Yeah, and the, the well, the hardest part of that is you tell someone you want to quit, and they're like, "Why?" Yeah, and then you're like, "Well, you know, I feel like, you know, I might be better without it. I might yeah. be able to be, I might be able to think a little clearer. I might be able to talk to people better." But usually, when you get hooked into it, you're in a dead end job. You're doing shit you don't like the majority of the day, and then you go home and you want to do something creative, and you feel like you can't be creative without it, yeah. and it's that dependency on it. Um, I also feel like... Yeah, going back to our previous conversation earlier, too, it's like what you said where, you know, if, if someone is telling you, like, oh, why why bother quitting? Like, you know, don't need to be talking to those people. Yeah. It's it's a very horrible mindset. Oh, yeah. Because if you want to quit something, if you have any inkling that you should quit it, you do need to. Yeah. I don't care what it is. It could be sugar. It could be carbs. It could be weed. It could be anything at all. Sitting down too much. And if you're having people in your life saying, oh, you want to do this because you think you'd be better, it's okay to not do that. Yeah. That's not a real friend. That's someone probably in the same boat as you arguing, hey, just it's okay. I'm like this too. You can be like me. We're still alive. And once you get to the point where you're like, oh, I guess I'm still alive and not killing myself currently, I guess that's good. Yeah. And also, like I said, it, it makes you feel more fun. So you yeah. are having a good time. Like, it's not a bad time. Definitely. Um, but I think another thing f- for me, really, is there was a point where I was definitely more focused. But also, when I'd get really high during the day, there were some things I would just blank out on. And I couldn't. My memory oh, yeah. was shit as fuck. Memory, yeah. My memory has definitely been detrimented. As a result of like excessive weed use, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Same. And it's something you can't get back. And it's something kind of scary, especially when you lose track of a conversation in a conversation. And yeah. when you're high, you laugh at it. But then... I never laugh. Oh, I, I kind of laughed at it. I'd be like, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and that's when I look at you and I'm like, fucking dumbass. Yeah, like, that's true. Which I appreciate because some people would just laugh with me. Um, but then you quit. I quit about a year ago. and Mine's only been like two months ago. Almost, maybe. But around that time. The scary thing is you start to realize once you quit, you're not that much different off it than on it. I think that's a really scary thing. Not really, thing. yeah. The line does become blurred, weirdly enough. But especially if you're doing it that much, too. So Yeah. When you live two, three years high as shit, and then you're not high, you realize like you're really... That's you. Yeah. It's just you, and you just kept doing this thing out of probably habit and fear of it becoming a bad day but your memory is still shit you have to work on things and i think it also this was this is a big thing with weed i can't believe i forgot this it made me okay with things i shouldn't have been okay with my house was a wreck i was messy as shit i didn't pick up after myself my dishes piled up and like i'd have like a cleaning day a week where I'd go and clean and I'd feel great for a day. 
but the people you're around, you just start to get not happy with it, but yeah, just it made you okay with being around dumb people. You're just well, not just people, you're just okay with like a not great situation, which in some times can be helpful, but in some times can be extremely hurtful. Yeah. Like if you're if you're in a bad time, but you need to keep it going so that you can get out of it, it's oh it's it's it can be okay to be okay in that moment. But when you live like that, you you stop getting that drive and, and fear. And like you said, it's a stress thing. You lose that stress to really try to become a better person. Yeah. Which is once you get sober, such a bad, like it's scary because you realize you have put yourself in such a hole that you were so okay with and you were able to get your mind out of with weed and be like, it's fine. The dishes, I'll clean them tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And now you're high and you're okay with it, but then you're sober and now it's bothering you all the fucking time. So it's a big thing with being okay with things, not happy with things, but yeah. just not mad at them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it definitely influences complacency, I think, because it just makes you lazy, sort of. In yeah. some cases, not always. And like we said, memory, it fucks up your memory. I think it, at a certain point, it started fucking up my motivation to do anything because yeah, I was so probably. focused on getting high that I wasn't focused on like, I wasn't focused on actually improving my life. Like if I, I could just keep getting high, do the same shit and I could have died that way. Like I, I wasn't mad at life. I wasn't super angry. As long as I had my weed, I was happy. And that's a dangerous fucking game to play. When, yeah. That's when you're an addict. Like that's when people don't, people say like, of course weed is, it's not truly mentally addictive, but like, you really get in a rabbit hole with it yeah. when your life crumbles around you and you're you, you're just fine. Yeah. I knew I knew I had a problem with it mostly. This is years ago. But I knew I had a problem then because of the way I was living when I read this book called Tweak, which hmm. was about this guy who ended up having like a meth addiction or something or a heroin addiction. And he like wrote the autobiography and it was just about like the whole experience and everything of addiction, his relationship with his parents. And there were way too many parallels between myself and my own family. And I was like, yep, I'm an addict. That's when I realized. Yeah. It was after reading that book. And it's scary. It's really scary to come in terms with that. Um, luckily. Yeah, but you should accept it. You if should. You are. You should 100% accept not it. Not do nothing about it, but and accept it. Not to, Don't deny it. Like You need to accept it and you need to not accept people that are okay with it. Yeah. Like if you come out to your friends and you're like, listen, man, I have a fucking, like my life's in shambles right now. And they're just like, oh, you want to smoke up and, you know, we'll have some laughs. And yeah. of course it's great in the moment. Of course it's great in the moment. But that's not and a maybe friend. you deserve the smoke up afterwards if you achieve something. Yeah. But it's something you really, it's a fine line. Yeah. Um, but one more great thing about weed. Yeah. We dissed it for a long time. One really good thing about weed. If you're addicted to weed and you don't think you can stop, it really is one of the easiest things to stop. You get through a, like a month without it, you feel really weird, but then you're solid. Like you're good, you don't really crave it. It's not a physical thing, it's all your men, it's just mental. And as long as you can get through that for just a little bit, you'll be okay. And that's one of the good things about weed. But let's get into nicotine, a little more addictive yeah, so substance. I wanna get into my personal favorite, nicotine that's the one i have 
had the longest relationship with, and it's been the most stable too. That's for, for sure. And it's the one I didn't want to have. I had zero desires to quit it for the, the longest time until I started working at a shipping facility at one point. And then I, it was just going to be too difficult to smoke inside and yeah. be vaping all the time. When did you start nicotine? I smoked my first cigarette. You started with cigarettes? Yeah. Okay. I smoked my first cigarette. I got it from someone in high school. Do you uh, know the period of time? I don't know if I was a freshman or a sophomore. But beginning of, of high school. One of the two, though. And I got a cigarette or two. And then I, like, rode my bike up to the, like, top area of my neighborhood, away from the house. And I smoked the first cigarette. And I don't even really remember what I felt. Who knows? I was definitely uh, displeased. Really? It wasn't a menthol either, though. So there Menthols was some the disappointment best. there. But don't. But I remember the next day I got more, <laughs> and then I began getting them from other people, and then I started just getting whole packs from people. And I tried different kinds, and I don't even remember. I, I, at this point, it was still so early on. I still didn't even smoke menthols. I'm not even sure I even knew what menthols were. I, mm. I was very uncultured. I didn't know really anything about what I was doing. I was experimenting. So, but I remember at one point I was already smoking a lot and. I even had like a little, a tin can actually, a little, like a tin, like aluminum cigarette canister. Yeah. Um, it was John Deere, I believe. <laughs> Shout out John Deere. Yeah. And then I remember someone was supposed to get me a carton one day. And when he couldn't pull through, he had like electronic cigarettes instead. And that was the first time I tried it. It was like a cappuccino type of thing. Was it a views or no? This is well before anything like that. Well before views, okay. This is a long time ago. This was like straight up looks just like a cigarette. The tip lights up when you inhale. Yeah, yeah. and it tasted so good. And I was like, oh my god! I was like, I can do this inside the bathroom at school. I was like, this is way better. And then I started getting those. Then I got a hookah pen, thirty-two dollars, tobacco store. Got a friend to buy it who was over 18 in culinary class, and then started smoking the little, like, hookah pens. We called them back then. Before This is before vapes. Vapes weren't a thing. And then vaping came out. And everything changed from that moment. Because I started going big into, like, vape mods and, like, the big cloud ones. competitions and, like, the whole vaping scene. And now, like, if you give me a, a, a nice zero-nick vape right now, I would totally still do it. I totally would do it. If it was zero nick yeah. and I knew it was and I could just like puff a big ass cloud, that'd be really satisfying. But then it just got, then once like, that was really big mods and stuff for a long time. And then eventually that gravitated towards like smaller ones that were refillable. And then salt nicotine came around. And that was when everything changed. That was when Jewel came around. Yeah. Everything changed with the, with salt nick becoming readily available like that and disposable vapes too and i quit vaping right before disposable vapes really hit the market like crazy big because jewel wasn't wasn't it for me and now these new ones that they have out they would probably be what i was looking for but i had, I haven't tried any of them don't plan on it that's good yeah um and i stopped nicotine for like nine months and then i failed because i started working uh where i was selling cigarettes and so I started smoking cigarettes again for a little while. 
And then I had to beat that back with Zen Patches. Shout out Zen Pouches. During this, you actually gave me my first cigarette. But yeah, yeah, true. Didn't do that. Uh, at a Tom Segura show. Yeah. Shout out to you were fucking drunk. awesome Tom Segura cigarette. Yeah, and I almost beat you up for a fucking cigarette. <laughs> yeah. And you should have pissed yourself. I should have what? Should have pissed yourself. I should have. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, so nicotine, after I stopped it there like two months ago, I definitely did feel better. I yeah. had way more clarity. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I had more experience stopping nicotine because I made it almost a whole year. So definitely felt better overall. But the problem is I do think I need vices. Mm-hmm. So my vice is either going to be like caffeine or nicotine or weed or something. Like, But I think my personality needs things to consume itself with. And so I have to find productive outlets instead. And speaking of vices, I'll go into my story with Nick real quick, which yeah. is a lot shorter. Uh, I first tried yeah, nicotine. Yeah, because we've briefly discussed your nicotine before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's coming up in the future, but yeah, d- don't have? describe it because it, it'll won't. be there. This might explain it, actually. First time I ever had nicotine, I was working at a fast food chain, the shittiest one, Burgers, and someone had a Jewel, one of the managers. I forget her name. By the way, when I said views earlier, I didn't mean Jewel. She had a Jewel. And no one tells you that nicotine fucks you up. You just like, when I grew up, I just saw people smoking. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't know that it made you feel something. So I was, I thought it was all for the taste and for the habit. Yeah. So I was like, let me try it. And she was, she was down and she gave me this jewel. First time smoking nicotine. I took about 15 hits because it tasted great. I know. (laughs) What the fuck? Explains a lot, right? You're an extremist. (laughs) Well, I didn't know that it like did anything and it tasted good. So I just kept hitting it in a deep freezer. And then I I walked out and about, I don't know, 15 seconds later, I couldn't walk. Like I was like, (laughs) someone get me a fucking chair. Like I don't know what's happening right now. They got me a chair and I sat down and I felt like I was going to throw up. It was terrible. And that's when I've like first had nicotine. I didn't have it for years after. And then I started putting it in with my weed. Yeah. And that became a big thing. I started smoking uh, out of a bong. Mm, and yeah, I would I put... that. You, yeah. I thought you were an animal. I'd put... It's fucking harsh, man. I'd put <laughs> a lot of weed and then I would gut... From where I'd smoke blunts too, I would take the guts, a very small pinch of the guts, which is like the inner tobacco of a like a backwood or some shit. Yeah. I would take a very small pinch and I'd put it on the top of my weed. And when I smoked it, like it was such a different high. It was beautiful. And then slowly while I'd smoke weed, I'd start putting more and more nicotine and less and less weed. And then at some point I'd go back between like smoking a full bowl (laughs) of weed and then a full bowl of nicotine. Which is, by the way, Ridiculous. a really harsh way to smoke with nicotine. Taking a bong hit of like shitty gas station blunt wraps. It's harsh, but I loved it because we'll get in the goods. But I kept doing that. And then that's when I quit weed. And like you said, with vices, you need a vice. I too, like I find myself really needing some kind of vice. Yeah. So I usually trade one off for one, which yeah. isn't great. No. But I tr- basically... But it is a trademark of an addictive personality. So I basically just trade... I stopped with the weed and then I would I went straight to nicotine. Um, And I was just smoking still out of a bong 
straight fucking blunt raps. I know. Um, after that, probably a couple months or so, I got my first vape, which is a Views menthol, which is still what I smoke. And I mean, it was great. It's not a great habit, but it was great. And I did that for a couple months. And um, then at the Tom Segura show, I got really drunk because I found out when you drink a lot and you get pretty drunk, there's nothing better than nicotine. So I got really fucked up at that show to where I almost pissed my pants, which you still think I should have. And I kind of still think I should have because it would have proven a point. I harassed you for a cigarette. I got a cigarette. First cigarette. Nick Buzz is pretty great, but I haven't smoked any since. But I started doing the Zen pouches. I kept with the vaping. And uh, here we are today. And I have given it up multiple times, but that's the tricky thing about nicotine. It's so accessible and it's so, I mean, it's everywhere. So you can go like a month or two without it and then be like, you know, for this week, this week would be great with a fucking... Like this would be a good week with with a, a vape, which is what I do. I actually got one last week and finished it off yesterday. Um, but with that, that's kind of my story. But with that, let's go in the goods and bads. Personally, the the greatest thing about nicotine for me, it was a way to instantaneously flood your brain with chemicals to where you couldn't even think, <clears throat> especially the way I did it. You, I got so much nicotine, I couldn't think, and I had no choice but to sit back in a recliner and for five minutes fucking relax. Like, I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd be tired of shit, I'd put on a movie, and I'd still be anxiety, I'd still have some, like, stress and shit. Yeah. But when you took it, you can't even think of it. Yeah, for people who overthink, it's nice to, like, have that shut off for a second. And it's, like, it's not a slow thing. Like, you take it, and then it's gone. Instant, yeah. And that was such a big thing of like, oh, this is now how I relax and why I used it a lot. Yeah. And then like another good thing is it doesn't last long. You know, you have your five minutes and then you are in a different mental state afterwards. Yeah. But you're still very functional and, yeah. and sober. You just feel different than you did right before you smoked. That's another good to it. Um, what am I leaving out? That about it. Yeah. It's very much a feel good drug. Yeah. In the moment, instantaneous and feel it's great. Short. So Yeah. Bads, but, I mean, depends on which form too, but you know, cancer if you're smoking cigarettes. Yeah, that's a small one. You know, uh, extreme withdrawals and irritability, like cancer, withdrawals, the accessibility of it. Yeah. And unlike cannabis, it's it's very physically addictive. And it's it's hard to explain what that's like to someone that hasn't been addicted to anything. But like I said, last week, I got a views, finished it yesterday, 10 o'clock at night, which is by the way, when I go to sleep, cause I get up at four 30 in the morning. Like I was, I had to convince myself not to go down to a store and get more on my way home from work today. I passed the gas station where they sell single views pods where I got my last one. And it was, like a 10 minute argument in my head from my work to passing this place to convince myself that I shouldn't get another one. It's difficult. Yeah. It like, and it's not, it's, it's so weird. Cause it's you, it's your brain. It's your inside voice trying to convince you in any means possible. To I know. Get more. It's very weird. Especially how you can go back and forth on it too. How you can be like, I'm so done with this shit. Where you like 
fuck this. I'm done with it. I'm better than this. I can stop. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done with it. Like I, I'm stopping. And then it's like the next day you're like back to it again. It's like somehow, yeah. and, and I don't even know how. It, it's, it's just so, it's such an addictive thing. It's, yeah. And it's very weird getting out of the habit from where you're instantly able to relax at any moment, whenever you want to relax. Right now, you can do it right now. And now you don't have, like, you take that away from yourself. Like, you go back to a toddler. You're like, I just want it. I just want it now. It's probably the, the second most addictive thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah. It really fucks with me sometimes. Hmm. Where, like, like we're saying, like, you are arguing with yourself. Even though you know your goal, you're like, I need to not do this because I just did it for a week. And yeah. I told myself when I first got it, I will not get another. And you are going past and you're like, fuck, but like, I already did it for a week. What if I just get one more and quit after that? Yeah. And that's how it was for me with quitting cigarettes, where I would get a pack of cigarettes. I would smoke like one or two cigarettes from the pack. And then I'd be like, God damn it. Why am I doing this? And then I would I would have to break the whole pack or like flush it down the toilet or something. Because if I didn't, I would go back and dig to the trash can. You flush cigarettes down my toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I smoked so many that I got sick. <laughs> and that's another weird thing about nicotine. Like you take it, you instantly relax. But it gets to a point once you're in that relaxing and immediately after you feel like a shit. Like you feel like a total shit bag. You oh, feel yeah. like a shit human. You know what you're doing is what you didn't want to do. Yeah. But it's so alluring just to take that first hit. And once you take that first hit, you got to finish that SIG. You got to finish your vape. You got to yeah. do, you have to. That's like coming back to that thing we always talk about is like the sunk cost fallacy. Is that the, the premise that you have invested too much time or money or whatever into something. So therefore you can't stop because it would be like detrimental or something. But in reality, it's detrimental for you to not stop then. It's easier to cut your, cut your losses at that point versus sustain more further down the line. Yeah. To prevent immediate suffering. And that's the fear is immediate suffering versus immediate reprieve. Yeah. And you really do get to the point where like getting rid of that immediate suffering really does mean immediate. It means within maybe four seconds for four seconds, you feel good. And then you're still Nick buzzed. You can't do anything because you're so Nick buzzed and you're berating yourself because you knew you shouldn't do it. Yeah, and exactly. then you feel sober, but you're also more tired than you were before. And you also have more anxiety than you had before. Nicotine's a fuck of a drug. Yeah, like, it is. If you're going to be addicted to weed or nicotine, don't do either. But if you got to pick one, I would say weed is one million percent better. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I have smoked a few times here since I stopped uh, smoking like officially and it's been fine but i mean getting back to the point where i would do it you know 24 7 is not really it's not acceptable so yeah. that, it's not gonna i mean because like it's like i said before now that i have experience with both like it's not gonna change anything it doesn't make anything better it just wastes my money at the end of the day it wastes your money and you also become a wor i think you become a worse worker possibly yeah, better with thinking because you're yeah. very stuck in your head but when it comes to like doing physical work, cleaning something, doing the dishes, getting yourself up to do something, it's a very strong drug to be like, you don't need to do that right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. And, and unlike weed, you're not ha you're not content with it. You're still mad about the problem. You're still mad your dishes are full. Yeah. But you just, eh, I'll do it yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, I think uh, I want to switch to a little more lighthearted stuff here as okay. far as drugs go. 
And I'm going to tell a story from the festival. So I worked a food truck this past weekend at a festival. It was like a jam band festival. And first, before I even get into the story here, let me just uh, describe this music. It was like listening to the same song for 15 hours a day, every single day of the festival. And the bands were not even that good. They were, you know, four to five stars out of 10. Oh, yeah, that's not a good rating at all. So, I mean, you know, nothing special. There were a few songs here and there that were like, this is cool. There were a few cool parts. But the consensus was that, yeah, this entire festival sounds like a sound check. <laughs> I mean, it was so fucking boring. Like, which it was is, like a fever dream. Which is an actual, like, torture method. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's that. But we worked this food truck. And the first night... There's this guy. Can I get an age? Maybe early 20s, 25. Young guy. Young. Yeah. Okay. Not more than 30, I wouldn't say. But he is across this little gravel street where there's like a medic camp and all this other stuff that is, it, it's normal festival thing. So there's like this stuff and like security tent and all this stuff on one side. And then on the other side here is the food trucks where we're set up. And so this is as we're closing. There's this guy laying across the road there where the security are watching him and he's super fucked up on something. We don't know yet. Not the drugs we're talking about. No, no. Hard fucking. Yeah. And he's he's just laying on the ground there, like just like talking to himself and just like yelling and stuff. And uh, my friend who I'm with goes over there and like makes sure everything's good. And the security guards are like, yeah, like you can just go away, dude. Like, <laughs> They're like, we got him. But they weren't going to call the cops because obviously they didn't want cops there. Yeah. So but this guy is super fucked up. And everyone's just walking by on the street, just seeing him seeing him there, just like laying there on the ground, like just like talking to himself. And then eventually somehow he like slides under the fence. So his like stomach is like underneath this metal fence. It's like one of those metal fences you can put down. Like it has like feet on it. Yeah. So you can move it and stuff. It's like festival fencing. And... So his, it's like right underneath his stomach. He's just laying there. And so after we finished closing, we end up sitting there and listening to him because he's already been laying there for at least an hour and a half. And so we sit there and watch him for about 30 minutes here. And this is the story I'm going to recount to you now. I'm very excited. So. Love a crackhead. It begins with he takes out the fence because he like tries to get up or something. And so he's just sitting there like saying like you, we hear him. He's like, are you fucking serious right now? I exist? <laughs> and then he'd be like, woo! As soon as he said, I exist. Super happy he's alive. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, wait, I don't exist? You know, you know, you know. And it's just a cycle. It keeps going. And eventually, like, I don't know after how long of him saying that, because he was far away and I couldn't fully hear him and everything. But he, he was, and then I, he takes the fence out and then... It was like he was possessed or something. This part was semi-creepy. He like slides over to us. Like, so he like comes like three quarters of the way across the street in the gravel, sliding on his butt, crawling like a crab, basically. Not even crawling like a crab. Scooting? In crab position, but his ass is just scooting on the ground like a dog trying to wipe its ass. Okay. <laughs> and it was like, he just like, he moved so quickly. It was just disturbing. And, Exorcist type shit? Yeah. And then... He starts being like, you're ugly. <laughs> like He's like, you're ugly. No, he's like talking to security guards first. He's like, 
you're a nuisance. He's like, get out of my way. But he's but he's just sitting on the ground. Like he's not like, like he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so he's pretty god complexed right now. Oh yeah, just wait. And so he's like, get out of my way. You're a nuisance. He's like, I'm not shitting you. I am God. <laughs> and then he starts like digging in the gravel, like like snow angel gravel, like digging with his hands hard, like full force. And he just starts digging and digging and digging with just two like like trenches dug in the in just just trenches. He digs all the way down through the gravel into the dirt, like three inches, like just digging in the ground. And we're like, oh my God, he's like fucking his hands up and shit right now. Like he's like losing his mind. And he was like, there was just like something like animalistic about him, honestly. Like he was just, he was out of his mind. Like, and he's sitting there having this like internal struggle. And at this, like we are all laughing at this point. But, but, but as I'm watching, I'm like, Starting to think in my mind, I'm like, this is darker than I realized. That's pretty fucking dark, It gets dark, worse. Mm-hmm. It, it gets, gets worse. worse. I promise you. Jesus Christ. So he sits there and he's like, you're ugly. You're the ugliest fucking piece of shit in the world. He's like, and then he'd be like, like his whole body would start trembling. just like in terror. And he'd be like, he'd start screaming. And then he'd be, and then all of a sudden he would stop. And he'd be like, no, I am beautiful. I am God. I exist. Woo! And then, he, but he was digging this whole time, and then he'd be like, "You're ugly." He'd be like, "No, I am beautiful. I exist. I am God." Like, and, and he just kept, he just kept going and going and going and going and going. And so I'm just like watching him, like have this, like this struggle, like this internal struggle that I'm witnessing play out here of him, like getting, getting scared that he's like ugly or something, and then just becoming like for some reason he associates that he doesn't exist with and, being and, ugly. Yeah. And then he, like, just, I see him just start panicking, like, in terror on the ground there. And then he's like, I'm God. I exist. And then... What the fuck? And, and I just keep watching this. It's over and over and over and over, for like, 20 minutes of just watching him do this and, like, just freaking out. Like, and that's when it started to get stressful. Uh, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. But one of the best lines he said, this one was great. I loved this one. He was like, Almighty God! <laughs> Exist <laughs> like a Yu-Gi-Oh character, and then he said, "No!" And then he says, "No!" Like it was Jesus like amazing. Christ. It was amazing. Oh. And then no he, videos. No, no. It was too caught up in the moment. I, okay. And then he's sitting there, and you know he's like freaking out like just freaking out and then he starts having a seizure what yeah yeah he has a fucking full blown seizure did right anyone call the, the cops then yeah then they called 911 thank goodness and some girl was trying to stop the medic from calling 911 first why? of all why she was like i have four medical degrees and you don't know fucking anything she was like so let me do this because i know more than you basically and then she was like I know more than all those paramedics combined. It was, she was like, basically, she, and we're like, yeah, sure you do, bitch. Like, she has some drugs too. Probably, yeah. She, she probably the one that gave him the drugs. Who knows? But yeah, so then they, they, they put him on a golf cart and they take him to the front. Fuck, dude. What do and you then, think he was on? So we found out he can't, he, he was there the next two days. PCP? What, oh, wait, he was there the next day? Yeah. Was he, he normal? Yeah, he was back. He was like him, like just a normal guy? Yeah. He was back, yeah. He, he bought food from us. And like just 
chill. And we talked to him. Yeah. Normal dude. Did you tell yeah. him like you saw him the he other day? He didn't night? look like animalistic at all. Like he was like changed when uh, he was. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was probably changed from what he was before the trip. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he like turned into like a werewolf or some shit. It was it PCP? It, it was 15 tabs of acid. Oh my and, and he just God. kept getting stuff from different people at the festival. And one of them was probably something else also. So, Dude. That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Like, we'll get into this on another episode about drugs. But yeah. we've both done acid. Yeah. 15 <laughs> tabs of acid? That's a CIA dose of acid. Like, that is fucking... That will crumble you to your core as a human being. Oh, yeah. Oh, my... Yeah, it was insane. It was definitely a way to kick off the festival. That is... That is... A lot. I mean, talking about stories about fucking acid, there was one person I saw on acid, not nearly as crazy, but like I was friends with them. I was next to them when it happened, yeah. talking to them. And like they get in that loop. She was in a different loop. You were talking about a loop of like, I exist, I'm beautiful, I'm God, and then I'm ugly, I don't exist. But she was in a loop where she would, she'd be like, I, she was inside, she'd be like, I feel claustrophobic, I need to get outside. She'd walk outside. A minute later, come back inside, standing, looking at the TV, sit down for a minute. I need to go outside mm, uh, no. for an hour. Yeah, I remember that. Fucking, it's a terrifying thing. Yeah. Because you're like is. watching a human break. Fucking, I never want to experience what he experienced. But he seemed normal. Like he seemed fine he after. He was fine the next two days. Yeah. I would, I'd have loved. But I not would, that first night. He was possessed. I would love to be his friend. And see if he was a totally different person before that and after that. Because that's a strong, acid's a strong thing. And it quakes you. And 15 tabs, I feel like you could legitimately be a completely different human being after taking that. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I fully, fully agree with that. And, you Fuck. know, so then on the topic of, like, harder drugs, you know, like, I see so many Fucking crackheads. And you don't like them. No, I... Uh, I love them. I cannot stand crackheads because I see them. It's like one of the saddest points you could ever reach. It is. And they all play lottery. Like, <laughs> I, this is something I wanted to get to. How much I hate people who play the lottery. Like, there is just no sense. There's no sense to it. And Just it, that little bit of hope. And I don't think it's any coincidence that, huh, you know... This is a conservative estimate. 98% of all the people who play the lottery are crackhead fucking bum pieces of shit. You Addicted know? to something at least. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, no one who works hard for their money is wasting it on, on gambling for like a chance to win money. Like it's just not really happening unless they're just doing it for fun. There's rare exceptions, but I, this, the majority, and that's from working at multiple places that sell lottery. They are, like, they're a breed, man. Like, it's always the same people. The same crackheads? Always the same fucking people. Two Powerball, two Mega Millions. Like, it's always the same motherfuckers. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you're using things to make you happy in life, hard drugs. You're not working hard to have a good life. You're not going to work hard to get a lot of money either. You're going to fucking take your chances, ruin all of the money that you have, 
spend it all, give it all up for the sliver of a chance that it might work out. Or like, or like them sitting there for hours on end playing casino games yeah. and like wasting all of their money and then coming up there and wasting even more of their fucking government money that they don't goddamn deserve on fucking on like Powerades and fucking sodas and shit. Like it's just pathetic. Like it's just so pathetic. They're all they're all putting in their lottery numbers with a Crayola marker. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I just hate them. Like, I hate them so much. I, I love crackheads. I can't stand them, honestly. I like a crackhead. I like a meth head. Um, one of my favorite... I, I love when, like, the last two weeks of the month rolls around when they've, you know, wasted all their fucking EBT on trash food and, like, blown it all on lottery tickets trying to make a billion dollars so they can buy even more meth and overdose in a week. You know, like, I love it when it gets to the end of the month and none of that money's there. Because then they don't show up anymore. Just magically, they're not around. Isn't that weird? They're not around to fucking waste my time with their crackhead bullshit and their fucking stupid, like, handfuls of change and then being like, I want to put 582 on this card and then, you know, and then I want to do the rest in cash. But, you know, then the card declines four times and they have to run outside and fucking, you know, get on cash app so they can fucking transfer money from the account that they had to fucking like put their drug money in. like it's just, it's just so goddamn obnoxious like it's always the same shit if they got you can 500 spot million them from a mile away if they got 500 million how long do you think it lasts they would be dead they'd be dead they, they'd either be dead within a week or they would they would blow it all within a few months yeah uh, uh, which is I most mean, lottery winners you know, by the way they would probably spend so much time in there they would blow it all in a week Man. they would just sit there and play it and play it trying to win more and more. They'd blow their entire lottery load on more lottery. I will say, I think this conversation has made me realize why I love a crackhead and you hate a crackhead. You work for the crackhead in a sense. The crackheads I knew that I love, I wasn't friends with, but I was acquaintances with, and I like got an inside scoop of their life. I've, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Dude, I love them. I love a crackhead. I've, I've worked with them. I've served them. They're such different people. It, and they've served me. So they're just unnecessary. No, this I mean, this just, is why I love uh, them. This is why I love them. It's like when I saw... No, I won't tell this story. I want to save this one for later, for a different okay. uh, episode. But well, This is why I love them. This crackheads. is why I love a crackhead. Number one, they've always got someone else's toolbox. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly what I'm saying. They always have someone else's toolbox. And I'm not saying they borrowed it. <laughs> but they've all they've always got a toolbox. That's one thing they always have. Number two, they always have a goddamn box of Crayola. I don't markers, crayons, fucking colored pencils. They always, especially meth. I don't I don't know many crackheads. I know a lot of meth heads. Meth heads always, for some reason, have paper and or a coloring book, and then some Crayola, and they just sit there and they color color color. Color, color, color. And it looks like shit. It doesn't look good. And they do that. They clean shit to the max. I knew I this one dude told me about a uh, meth head he knew who legitimately took his entire lawnmower apart, cleaned it with isopropyl alcohol, and put it all back together. It didn't work, but he said it was the cleanest it had ever looked in that he's ever seen it. Like they that is just uh it it makes me laugh because it's it's so out of the norm. It's so insane. And I can't imagine being there. 
Because, I mean, we talked about nicotine addiction being hard. That's got to be fucking... You're living a whole different... You have to change everything about you when you stop that. Because that is fucking a lifestyle. You got to get rid of the Crayola. You got to get rid of the power drill. You got to get rid of the fucking hammers. You, you got to stop get, playing the lottery. Stop playing the lottery. You have to stop like going out in the wilderness and fucking killing frogs. You have, There's a lot of things you got to stop. Yeah. Just for the sake of clarity here too, I'm just referring to meth heads and crackheads and all of them as the same. You know, like if you come in looking like a scabby fucking... Very like, fucking not great looking people. Just, just... Ugh, I hate it. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, I love them. They're interesting people. They're fun to talk to. And no, they they're definitely not no, fun to no, talk to. They're, they're fun to talk they're to. They're annoying as shit to they're talk to. They're fun to talk to. They're and not, not only are they fun to talk to, they will talk to you all night. That's exactly why they're not fun to talk to because I'm just like, fuck out of my goddamn face. Like, it's like... But have you ever had a good crackhead story? Like, I knew this one guy, right? Pillhead, not crackhead. Pillhead. I know you refer to them all as the same, but I find them very different species. I have, I have yet to meet a crackhead. I have known many meth head and many a pill head. This guy was a pill head. He told me about how he saved his girlfriend from a house fire that he started. <laughs> and like, that is fucking, he, um, he lit their, he lit one of the cabinets on fire in their kitchen and it started getting like a big fire. And then he looked at me and he's like, but I fucking put it out. She's still fucking mad at me. How are you going to be mad at me? I fucking saved your entire house. I put the fire out. I'm like, yeah, but you started it. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I put the fire out. I saved your life. You weren't going to do anything. You were going to run. I just saved thousands of dollars. And you're going to be, you have the, the audacity end. to be mad at the me. The end justifies the means. What the I fuck? fucking live for that shit. I live for crackhead shit. The, the ideas they come up with, flat earthers, crackheads, fucking uh, people that believe in ancient Greece. There's definitely mythologies. some ingenuity there sometimes. There's crackheads. a lot of ingenuity and they have a brain that I couldn't imagine having and that's why I love talking to them. They are, the only thing is you should never do business with them. Yeah, here's the thing. They have a brain you could never imagine having because, but on the wrong end of the spectrum. Oh yeah, but it gives you something to be scared of. Uh, yeah. The way they demonize weed, here's the thing. You can't demonize weed like meth because they're so different. Yeah, Demonize weed for the things that are bad about weed. But like when you meet a meth head, you don't need anyone telling you meth's a bad thing. <laughs> Even the meth head will tell you meth's a terrible thing. And then they'll go shake their little bottle and make some more in their backyard and fucking clean their lawnmower. And they are very artsy people. Always creating some kind of art out of trash because that's <laughs> yeah, what they that's can true. have. Yeah, it is. They, I, I've known a lot of crackheads making necklaces out they of do fucking love old power wires. Tools. They fucking love power tools. You know why? Because they sell for a lot. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like once I had a crackhead try to, this man, he might have been a crackhead, not a meth head. He actually didn't fit much of the meth head. So yeah, one like power drill equal two meth. <laughs> every power drill they have is one unit of meth that they have taken <laughs> within the last hour. <laughs> Uh, this one dude, he came up to me. I was in um, one of the cities, quote unquote, around here. And it was 10 p.m. at night. And I was getting a sub. I was with a chick. We were getting subs. And he tried to sell me a car battery <laughs> in a sub shop <laughs> at 10 p.m. <laughs> for $30, I think. And then when I was like, nah, man, I don't have any cash on me. He's like, I got Venmo. And I was like, I don't have that. And he's like, I have Cash App and Apple Pay. 
I, dude, this dude was like down for it. And I was like, hey, man, I really don't have like, I'm pretty broke. I can barely afford this fucking food. And he looked at me and he was like, damn. All right, man. And he just sat down waiting for the next person to come in the sub shop. Yeah, yeah that's when you like interject and be like, yeah, so, you know, you got, you got some tech savviness here, you know, maybe get on fucking Craigslist, bud. Oh, he would have murdered me. This was not a great neighborhood. That's when neighborhood. you pull out a gun and shoot him in the head. I'm just I ain't got no gun. <laughs> the, I, they, there's, they give you some real interesting when you say, stories. Hey, you got, you say, that's when you ask him like, hey, you got any crack? <laughs> and that's how you find crack. I mean, how great would it be? <laughs> yeah, you just ask him on the street, like, hey, you got any meth, bud? <laughs> how great would it be if you could do a placebo meth with a meth head and just watch them? That's my dream come true, is to do fake meth with someone doing real meth and then watch the spiral happen. Because I've seen the aftermath of a spiral. I've seen during, like... That the later part of us, I've seen the come down, but I've never seen someone when they first take it. Hmm. And I feel like that'd be an interesting thing to watch. Huh. Now, even though I love meth head, please get off meth. Like yeah. I don't, I'm not encouraging you to stay on meth because if you stay on meth, I'm going to make fun of you in my head because you're acting like a fucking lunatic. But I do find it very funny. Yeah. Have you ever been with someone on their first time like smoking or doing something? Weed? Yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I very clearly remember someone that never smoked weed. And I smoked out of an apple. And I had to tell them to inhale while the lighter was above the weed because they thought I just like lit the weed on fire. And then after I pulled the lighter away, they'd inhale. So I, I had to like, they thought they were taking big hits, but they were blowing out no smoke. So they got confident with their lung capacity. And then I fucking lit it. And I said, no, inhale right now. And they took a massive hit out of an apple. So like, it doesn't taste good. It's not going to hit smooth. They take this giant fucking hit and they die coughing. And then they are in a full panic attack for about mm. two hours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, I've had that exact same experience where I had someone who is like a, uh, we'll call him Donald Trump for this uh, exercise. And he... Tell me about Donald. Yeah, he... um. Anyway, the reason I call him Donald Trump is because we've had a bunch of arguments over the, over the past uh, regarding our political stance. You know, as always, never make any headway with these people. Do I so, know him? No. Oh. So give up on the trying. But first time he ever smoked was with me and some of my crackhead dumbass fuck friends and who I'm not friends with anymore, any of these people, by the way. He gets a bowl or a bong, a really big one, packed like the size of that. Yeah. Gets a really big bong, packed, full to the top, and he in starts inhaling on the top, and one of my other friends lights it for him, and he torches the entire fucking bowl. Oh, my God. And this poor dude, on his first time ever smoking marijuana, rips an entire massive milked bong. and Dies. He dies. Obviously dies, and... He, he like pukes in the toilet yep. and like has a full-blown panic attack and is like crying cold sweating on my bed in my room. And so we all just leave him there and we, we fucking stay out there and smoke. That's terrible. I mean, you know, here's the truth. I try to comfort them. You know, <laughs> okay. This, I'm, I like this. I'm, I'm glad we've come here. We'll put a pin in that comforting thing for a second, okay. please. I had no intention of doing such a thing, first of all. Not, I, we're not getting, I'm, I haven't talked to, I'm, I'm putting a pin in comforting. I'm on another tangent right now. I had no intention of doing anything about the situation. 
Because for one, I didn't like the weed. So I didn't give a fuck. And, you know, the chances that I would have done something, even if I had lit the weed, pretty slim. So my main priority was getting stuff done on Grand Theft Auto. As far as I was concerned. Great goal. Pretty much everyone in the house at that moment was a nuisance to me. So I was like, oh, great. I love being surrounded by dumbasses, especially when said dumbasses can't even handle their fucking weed. So, you know, maybe get the fuck out of my house. Like, you know, so all I want to do is play my fucking game and get my shit done as fast as possible so I can make as much money as possible without anyone's interference. That's terrible. Rational self-interest. My game, my priority. My house, my weed. They're on my time in my fucking world. So Fucking narcissist. So, you know, I have a healthy amount of narcissism. That's pretty extreme. It's not extreme. You should always help them. But we'll get to it, apparently. You put a pin in it. Correct. There was no need to help him because he was a grown man and he should have been able to help his own ass. Considering there was nothing wrong. In his head, there was. I had just smoked the wrong, a bong about as big, probably fucking 10 of them. And I was still playing a game. This was bad. directing whole teams of people in response to take over lobbies and crush cunts. This was his first time and he milked a bong. I mean, you know. Everything might be all right in the real world, but right now he feels like the guy fucking, I'm ugly. I don't exist. Yeah. I'm beautiful. I'm God. Yeah, but see, this guy, he was like a a real like braggadocious know-it-all type also. And no, he, and no. he's kind of he was kind of he was just a douche all the time. Like he was a misogynist and he was just a fucking like kind of racist guy. And so did this change it? No, of course not. Oh. So we like, you know, it, it was funny. We were like, haha, this fucking cunt is gonna is getting what he deserves now. Freaking out like That's a right terrible. pussy because That's so terrible, Ben. Because he couldn't handle it. So, you know, we just made fun of him and laughed at him. And, you know, we let him go do his pussy shit and cry in the back room like a little bitch. And, you know, we fucking sat there and played games and smoked. Like, geez. So, and then he never smoked with us again. And that was completely fine with me because it's not like I wanted to smoke with him anyway. And I was pissed that my fucking entire goddamn bong of weed got torched on that one fuck. And I didn't even get a hit on it. I should have got green, motherfucker. That is a horrible story. That's a great story. You have to help. Always help them. Because I've been there. And it's scary as shit. You are fucking gone. And you are panicking. And you feel like you are actually going to die. You need someone. You don't leave them in a room alone. Unless that's what he wants. Yes. This is true. Yeah. And that's not what you did. You should have helped him. He didn't want anything. Are you sure? I don't know. He yeah, should have said it. That's what I thought. Vocalized little he bitch. Couldn't, he couldn't speak. He oh. was in another dimension. Here's the thing. The guy that took care... That, the guy that over-torched the bong for him, he went in there and, like, you know, like, rubbed his back and, like, licked his taint or whatever while he fucking puked in the toilet and shit. So, you know... At least someone helped him out. Yeah, because, you know, it. it no matter what, it wasn't going to be my responsibility. That's for damn sure. There was... I promise you that. There was a 0% chance that is, I was going to deal with it. It is... I will say, it is fun getting someone super fucked up with your shit when you know it's not going to hurt them. And you see that little panic. 
Yeah, see they, what he's talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know it. Yeah, but I always help them. We saw it here with. Uh, yes, we what, did. Like I was gonna Donnie bring it up. Donnie or fucking Richard or whatever the fuck his name. Whatever we call him. Was I don't even know. Uh, yeah, when we gave him Thomas the Ronnie. <laughs> when we gave him a small little All dab. Yeah. And watched that man break down. Yeah, I know. Like, see, and that same still, thing. I comforted him. I didn't, but see, same thing for me. You know, it's like you know, it just it twinges on me. Like it, it's like it just gives me a twinge where I'm just like. Like, you know, like, just, it just fucking, like... That's terrible. Yeah, like, just... I need them to f make sure they feel... That's why I had, I had a comedy movie playing. I told him he was going to feel okay. I was like, hey, man, we've all done it. None of us are... Like, we're all good. You're good. Just try to calm down. Dude, that dude was fucked up. So annoying. Day. I know. So obnoxious. Just unending annoyance for me. I, like, I'm just, I, as I look at him and I'm, like, inferior. Like, why? <laughs> that's me now. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's legitimately me if I have weed. No, it's not. You can you can let myself delude myself here and pretend like it's not you. But it is. I know. I'm deluding myself. Fine. That's me, Ben. I don't think so. That shit sucks. I don't think it's you. I walked outside hoping I wouldn't have a heart attack for an hour and a half. Oh, boo. -hoo. 11 at night in a fucking trailer park. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fine. We'll play this game. Boo hoo, motherfucker. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Fuck you. Because you know what? Every time I smoke, I'm like, you know what I do? I sit the fuck through it. And I sit the fuck through it and I face it. You need and I'm a real like, panic. And I'm like, no, no, I have them. And when I do, I go to the fucking bathroom. And I am just and I sit there and I get at grips with myself. Because I'm, like, I'm like, this is all imaginary. And then I say, I give myself two options every time. Because I frequently have panic attacks regarding heart attacks. It's no uncommon thing. I know. And heart, I, I do actually fuck with you with, about that. So. I always I always have panic attacks regarding heart attacks. And energy drinks manifest them even further. And I drink a lot of fucking energy drinks. So does nicotine. And then I drink a lot of energy drinks. And then I've had nicotine. And then I'll fucking smoke weed. And then it makes me feel like I'm like getting a shortness of breath. And then mm -hmm. pair that with the gastrointestinal issues that I have. I always, I'm like feeling pressure in my chest because of acid reflux. So I can't tell if like numbness in my arm is acid reflux or if it's a heart attack. So I always have heart attack fears. So no, I fully understand the heart attack fears. But you know what I fucking do? I just get the fuck over it. There's, but there's another option. That's the first option. The second option is that I am like, well, if I die right now, I better get something done before I die. So I make sure that I'm dying on the note that I wanted to go out on. Like, if I am able to pinpoint the heart attack before it happened, then I will be being like, sending one last text, being like, like, I'm sorry, or something. I'm gonna do something. I'm getting something done. I'm telling you that. Well, or it's like, you know, like if I'm at work, like, and I'm like counting money or something, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna try to at least get like that 50 band counted and like get that shit wrapped up. I'm, I, 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 things can't be left in, dis in disarray. They just can't. Because, because what kind of legacy is what, what kind of legacy is it if you're the guy that leaves the pen crooked in the fucking, like, you know what I mean? Like, on this, you're in the middle of signing a check and you don't finish signing the check? <laughs> like, no. That's insane. Why? You remember doing acid. Yeah. I haven't done it with you. You felt out of control. Yeah. That's a feeling like you're going insane is scarier than feeling like you're dying. That's what he was feeling. Yeah. And you're not okay with that. Oh no, I hate that feeling. Cause I feel like that sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, this is it. Like I'm definitely gonna die right now. Like I'm like not die. Insanity. Like you're gonna lose you, but you're still gonna be a thing. Do you ever get that? I get that. Where like I feel like my brain, 
Like I'm just going to lose control of it and Mimi is going to die, but body me is going to live. And I'm going to turn into that fucking guy at the festival digging into the ground for the rest of my life. And now I'm a burden on my parents. I'm a burden on my friends. People have to fucking take care of me. I'm in a hospital. They got to pay. Like that's my anxiety. And I think that's a lot of people's anxiety. You feel like you lose you. Not death. Death is fine. But losing you and now you're a fucking burden and you haven't learned anything, that's my fucking fear. I never have those fears. Well, let's get you 15 tabs. No, that's not. Let's get you some fears, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's have you screaming into the void. I'm ugly. I don't exist. I'm a god. Oh, I yeah. am beautiful. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. That last part. I yeah. I know you am. say that on a I daily definitely basis. Am. But yeah. Okay. So to pull the pin on that very last thing, comforting, I just want to say, I may have said it before, actually, but I don't really have any sense of like sympathy really and but i'm really good with empathy I, I can put myself in someone else's place i can imagine i can vividly imagine what it's like to be in other situations and 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 my own potential response to them but your response not in their brain their response no of course not okay and i also recognize my own brain as a superior being so you know, I, I recognize my own objectivity over the situation as opposed to most people's. So I realize I have an upper hand on that and that most people are not going to look at it so deeply. They're going to look at it very surface level, get their answer, and then move on because they're a dumb simp. <laughs> and you're a smart pimp. <laughs> that sounds like a new shirt. <laughs> hey, I, dumb I simp, would... comma, smart pimp. Dumb simp or smart pimp. I would wear it. Yeah. Okay, I'll remember that. Um, but but I only really care about like my close circle. Which is not a lot of people. It's three people. It's my longest term best friend who will come on the podcast one of these days. It's Very you. excited to meet her. Yes, definitely. Shout out, Kat. You. Which I appreciate. Yeah, you're welcome. You should appreciate it. And... A god's noticed me. Yeah, he I'm has. Waking. You should. <laughs> you can sing my praises forever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> your best friend, me, <laughs> and who else? <laughs> and her boyfriend, Dom. So you still need to meet both of them. I do need to meet both of them. And uh, I heard y'all listen to every podcast. So what the fuck is up? Apparently, we have a lot of similarity similarities and we got to talk about some shit that we probably can't say on a podcast because people will hate me that's but what patreon's for that's what patreon's for and i, I gotta fucking meet y'all we're we gonna have a hoot and nanny <laughs> yeah yeah we are oh it's gonna be great thanks for listening by the way cherry fluffs oh we're all gonna have cherry fluffs together if they bring them back for sure yeah thank you guys for listening though definitely thank you for listening we're, we'll have some cherry fluffs if we can we'll have a good hoot and nanny and uh we'll all give out some some stories yeah, that's for sure. We will definitely have a great time when we all get together. There oh, is no yeah. doubt about it. I, I know this for fact already. Yeah, you guys so, are very similar. Very, yeah. very similar. It's we weird. might gang up on you. We might fucking talk about how Amish people are the best people. Yeah, I'm. all three of you are on yeah. that bus. We'll make you feel stupid. Man. We will show you why Amish people are the way. Hey, all it takes is empirical evidence, mate. Just We'll bring it. We'll find some. I hope so, because you'll be hard-pressed, but you know. Please do. Hell yeah. But again, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, definitely. We very much appreciate it. And uh, 
Yeah, getting back to what I was saying there, though, I I only have this like deep love and concern and care for my circle, and that's it. it. Like, it doesn't extend past that. It's the most school shooter thought. Like, I've ever like, heard and, and that's not really like including family. You know, like there's people that, that are just not. It's exclusion from that. It's a different thing. Yeah, we're talking about a totally different thing here. We're talking about friend circle. It's so for me to like waste my time on someone who I already consider to be below that is not going to happen. So, you know, a fucking racist, misogynistic, fucking homophobic, cunt-ass Trump supporter that is a douche all the time and gets fucking, like, his ass wrecked by a bong hit and then cries about it like a little bitch. That's was he, was he fine? He was fine. As long as he's fine. Yeah, of course. I am on the other side, though. I fucking care about everybody. I thought it was hilarious. So even if I hate you, I'll probably still try to comfort you a little bit. No, yeah, I definitely wouldn't. It's like the other day I was thinking, like, I almost fucked up, and I almost told this, like, ugly lady that she was beautiful. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Well, here's the thing. I'm not a liar, so... I'm not either. You know, and I'm not ever... You know, I have told people that I didn't think were beautiful that they're beautiful, but never of my own volition. I never was just like, yeah, you are. Patrice O'Neill has a bit about that. Like, 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 and, and if I say it once, and if I say it multiple times, I actually mean it. So it's like, I would never just say it out of the blue. But this fucking lady came to me one day and she was like, oh, I love your beard or something. She was just like, that's how I would want to look if I had a, if I had a beard. And I'm just like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you ugly bitch. Like, maybe you I, would look good with a beard. I, you know, no, I was just like, you know, and, and for some reason in my head, I was like, the first time ever in my head, it crossed the thought crossed where I was like, tell her, no, you're already beautiful. I would never say that. That's not my fucking character. I would never be that guy. So, what, you just say thanks? Yeah. But, but, you know, it was just weird for a second I thought to say that, and I've never fucking thought to say that ever to some random fucking, like, old lady. Not old, like, you know, 40s or some shit. Maybe or, I'm getting in your head. Maybe I'm slowly making you a, a sympathetic, nice person. No. <laughs> That's certainly not happening. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know what happened to me there. It was it was weird. It was a weird moment. But, you know, I overcame it, so. You overcame we're good. the trials yeah. and tribulations of I did. being a nice person? No, no. Don't try to sugarcoat it. No. You mean what? You're trying to sit here and uh, lecture me on the virtue of lying to someone just yeah, to better yeah. their self-esteem? Like, here's the thing. That was my entire remember, argument in the very beginning. Here's the thing. Is not to do that. Yeah. yeah. Remember, like, I don't give a fuck what other people think or their feelings about any given topic. Like, like I don't need to sit there and fucking pander to random ass people just to make them feel good. But you were like, still nice to her, right? Yeah. Okay. But I'm not going to sit there and like... Come up be with like, fake lies? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, no. Like, yeah. Like, you know, if they like ask me, that's a rough line there. Because it's like, you know, if they ask you like, am I beautiful? <laughs> For whatever fucking reason, they would do that. But you, you, uh, you, you really just have to make a definitive... You have to make a decision right there. You have to be like, am I going to be honest? Or am I uh, gonna fucking lie here like a like a skeeving little son of a bitch? You and could lie you know, in the truth, be like, "Yeah, you're beautiful" to someone, but you don't say the last part. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, same thing. Then stretching the truth. You know, lying. It's, you know, it's like manipulating the truth. At that point, you know, you probably lie. I guess to be nice. You know, if you feel like it. But if you don't like them, then say no. But you know, if they don't ask you, yeah, you I don't mean, have to go out of your way. For you shouldn't it. deliver unprompted lies. Yeah, like. Uh, and that's why I didn't say it because it was just going to be an unprompted lie, and I and I would never just be like to some random like forty year old lady like oh yeah you're beautiful <laughs> no that's being a that's being a dumb simp yeah I would and never you got to be a smart pimp out in yeah, this world exactly dumb pimps dumb pimps smart smart, smart simps <laughs> no <laughs> fuck dumb simps smart pimps merch coming out soon uh, yeah we we'll should do that out. we should do that that's definitely a good thing yeah dumb simp in like light green and then smart pimp in red yeah definitely no purple purple on a black shirt yeah bet all on the front half on front half on back on the front yeah yeah, yeah. okay well like uh like ben's terrifying you know weed ventures we have tied it up and before we die we'll let the podcast die <laughs> that's pretty bad you can leave that in yeah hey you yeah you are you enjoying this podcast? We fucking know you are. I'm sure they could enjoy it even more, though. <sighs> All right, you negative asshole. I'm sure our lovely audience could enjoy it more by checking out our Patreon page. Ah, yes. Well, look at you solving problems. We've got multiple tiers to choose from, so there's not really any financial pressure. Thank you for that. And uh, whether it be early <laughs> access to episodes, bonus content, exclusive Patreon-only merch, or just listening to Ben and I ramble about the different types of orifices in the human body, our Patreon has a large variety of special content for very special people. Plenty of rambling. And don't forget, you rambling asshole, that that's far from all we're offering. We are creating video and audio comedy bits for TikTok and everything. Fuck TikTok. Fuck TikTok. Giving access to behind-the-scenes content and occasionally bringing on the coolest fucking guests ever, amongst many other things. To check all of this out, go to patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast. Again, that is patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast and maybe ben if you weren't such a disgusting pothead you would have remembered to say that not only do we have patreon exclusive merch but we also sell a shit ton of merch to our general audience on our website yeah no maybe i should have remembered that because that is the best way that you can support us aside from subscribing to our patreon but you can check all of that out on our website which is www.therealdevilsadvocatepodcast.com and find us on any of our social media platforms or streaming platforms with the tag the real devil's advocate podcast and again that is https colon forward slash forward slash www.thereal dot dot com jesus